Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. There's a lot of stuff that goes around on the internet about when he'll be back. We're still in the wait and see approach. Wolf and Luke, KD, Countdown. Final hour of the show here on this Tuesday afternoon, and uh, that countdown has a specific number now. Wolf, it's not just a countdown to hopefully he's playing Friday or hopefully he's playing Sunday in Milwaukee or hopefully, no, he's playing tomorrow night. Via the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant will make his Suns debut in Charlotte against the Hornets. 5 o'clock tip time tomorrow. Whatever you have scheduled with the family, they can wait. That's right. Break out the sickle. The Slim Reaper is here. Do you like Slim Reaper or Durantula better? No, I didn't. <laughs> Wait a minute. What did you say? Durantula. Durantula. Yeah. Um, okay, Slim Reaper. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Just yes. give me options. We all get that. Break out the sickle. Harvest time is here, KD. Swing the sickle, please. Cut it down and reap the harvest. We are out here at Salt River Fields. This game is uh, going to start here shortly between the D-backs and the White Sox. Thanks to Kevin Ginkle, who joined us earlier. Zach Gallen joined us. By the way, ever since Kevin Ginkle came up here and said it's warmer today, it's yeah. been freezing up here. I know. Ever since he said that. First of all, Ginkle, really cool. Yeah, he's a good like, dude. Right? Yeah. Very cool. Very cerebral guy. Kick back, laid back. It was very cool talking to him. And Josh Rojas is going to join us uh, next segment. No way, Josh, Josh Rojas. We're going to go uh, all in on some Durant talk. Josh, right whoa. Ah. <laughs> we got to play that for him at some point. Ran- random sound bites we have of Wolf around the station. Uh, Kevin Durant, this is uh, KD talking to Dwayne Rankin about what he has learned about the Phoenix Suns since he got here. It's great enthusiasm for the game. Everybody just, if a problem arises, everybody talking about it. You know, it's not summer. It's always a good thing. Um, but the, the energy of the group stands out the most just how it enthused everybody is when they come to the gym. Uh, that's, a, that's refreshing. It's going to be great, I think. It's going to be really beneficial for Kevin Durant to get around this new energy, this new juice. When you think of what he was coming from, from Brooklyn, and who he was playing with the Brooklyn Nuts, um, I think this is, can you imagine the way this would inspire him if it was as we think it was in Brooklyn? Dysfunctional to some degree, and I, I think we can all agree that there are reports and whispers that it was very dysfunctional at some point in time over the course of the last three years. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This is, I don't know that he's ever been on a team with the dynamic quite like this because Brooklyn, who knows? I feel like I feel like everybody's always walking on eggshells around Kyrie. You know, maybe Kevin Durant is, but everybody else is. That doesn't make for a fun environment. You know, Golden State, you go there, they're the best team in the league. They're, that's a mini dynasty. That's that's not the, the environment here either. I mean, the closest is probably when he was on Oklahoma City, but he was so young. Russell Westbrook was so young. James Harden was so young. They still made it to the finals one year. But now he comes. He joins a team where he's he's the vet, but he's not the vet. Chris Paul's a few years older. Yeah, right. right. He's got some rings. Nobody else on this team really has rings. Uh, he's got Devin Booker. Devin Booker's almost like his little brother now, and Devin Booker's pretty good. He's in a, he's in a position where he doesn't have to be the guy. But make no mistake, if the Phoenix Suns win a title this year or next year, Kevin Durant is immediately going to go down in Valley Sports history instantly 
Yeah. Instantly. Yes. I, you know, I just think, um, here's this wedge buster back in 1992 who actually played seven years with one organization, that being the Cardinals. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm out. And I, I'm with a new group, a new paradigm, a new group of players. And I had to relearn it all over again. Their terminology, the way they do things, their culture, what it was like. And it was energizing to me at that point in time. Almost like you were a rookie all over again. Now, listen, I'm not saying that's what KD feels like here. I'm not saying that based on our needs. But I do know that a change of scenery, a change of culture, a, a change of faces, it would impact every one of us if we were a human. And I think KD looks at this, looks at Devin Booker, looks at Chris Paul, looks at DA, looks at this team, Monty Williams, of course, James Jones included, and says, man... This feels good. This feels right. Let's go do something special that can energize a guy. And I think it's done that to KD. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, especially coming off that run in Brooklyn where he, yes, you know, a couple years exactly. ago, let's let's not forget if his if his foot is, is two inches behind the line, maybe the Suns are playing the Nets in the NBA Finals. Maybe everything's different. Who knows? Um, but other than that, it was just kind of, he's a really good player. Brooklyn was kind of in basketball purgatory there for a little bit. That's that's not what you're used to as Kevin Durant. Yes, he didn't win his title until he went to, to Golden State. Those Oklahoma City teams he was on were really good. He's used to being a, uh, on a contending team. He is now back on a contending team, and and I doubt that it truly felt that way the last couple of years. I'm sure you're Kevin Durant. You always feel like you can win the title, and, and to a certain extent, you're right. But it, when you're talking about the energy, the energy here with this team this is the sweet spot, right? You're going to play on a team with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and neither one of them has a title yet. Yeah. I mean, those players that are that good, you expect to have a title at some point, and especially Chris Paul. Like, you don't know when it's his last chance. Devin Booker's still got time, but nothing's given in this league. Kevin Durant's joining this team where it's a nice mix of talent, but also, like, legit hunger. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this earlier as well. I just said legit hunger because Byron walked by with food. That's the only reason I said hunger. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Byron yes. behind me. Okay, great. I cannot <laughs> see him right now. Hat is pulled low as well, but we were talking about this a little bit earlier. For me, I I, I can't wait. I, you know, everyone um, everyone talks about KD in terms of his offense and, and just how good he is as an offensive player, and rightfully so. I know that, and yet we've also had the discussion about what a good defender he is. A very underrated defender is the best way to actually phrase it, I think. An underrated defender. Is, is there a possibility? This is something that I'm, I'm fascinated with. Is there a possibility that you could have Kevin Durant in the Suns lineup and somehow they get better on the defensive end of the floor than with Macal Bridges? And yet as soon as I say that, I know the the ridiculous nature of that. You're talking about, in my opinion, the best defender in the NBA than Macal Bridges. I'll put him up there against anybody. Yeah, I would too. Especially if you're talking about a wing defender. Yeah. Um, could they possibly be better? Are they going to alter 
how they play defensively. I would imagine they have to, to some degree, of course, because Mikel Bridges so much of the time took on the other team's best player. The biggest thing about this to me, and we saw that, I mean, in addition to the excitement and everything, and what it does, and it raises the bar, and that's what you want, and that's what sports are all about, is we saw in the playoffs specifically last year, if Devin Booker didn't have a shot early, the Suns kind of struggled quickly. Like, and I shouldn't say kind of struggled, especially against Dallas. They really struggled. It was like Book's not hitting his shot. Now, for some reason, I don't know if it was like some subconscious solidarity, nobody could hit a shot. If they get in a playoff series and it's game three and Devin Booker doesn't have a shot in the first quarter, Kevin Durant will. And if the game's close in the second half and Devin Booker's still out there, he'll have his shot in the second half. Like, Devin Booker doesn't go into shooting slumps that last very long. It's just a matter of can you survive when he's not hitting. And uh, you're going to be able to, obviously, with Kevin Durant. You, you've got the outside game with KD, of course, and D-Book. And then you've got an inside presence. I don't want to say it a down low. I don't want to make it sound like a, suddenly DeAndre Ayton is a great post-up player. I don't want to make it sound like that. But in the paint, they've got that with DA. They've got a presence in the paint. And you got a facilitator in Chris Paul for both. Well, now, That's huge. Now even Rick has food behind you. Which, oh, uh, no. So I smell now, it. Yeah, he's just like eating it in your ear. So now I'm especially hungry. Uh, all right, when we come back, we'll talk a little baseball. This game just got started. D-backs, White Sox, and Josh Rojas is not playing because he's going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from Salt River Fields, on your home for Arizona Diamondbacks baseball, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show out here at Salt River Fields. This is this is Josh's walk-up music on this show now, right? Didn't we, we establish this last is, year? Wait, is, is this it? This is it. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is it right here. Josh Rojas joining us, of course. So this is this is what you get. This is what you listen to. Your walk up right here. Yep. You're coming out. Why did you pick this up? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, this is the hometown. You know, I was. Uh, I've always been. You know, trying to find a good walkout song. I was. I was. You know, back and forth on a lot of songs, and then. Uh, 21. I I chose this one and had a pretty good year. And now now it's to a point where I'm just scared to change it. You know, I think <laughs> I think uh, if I you know have a down year, uh, it'll it'll be easy to change. But I think right now I'm just scared to uh, change it from what works. Yeah, all right. So hopefully this is still your song in like 15 years. And yeah, let's like, hope oh, so. Josh is going old school. <laughs> Josh Rojas is joining us up here. We're uh, up in the uh, the left field porch watching this one. They're already in the bottom of the first inning. D-backs and uh, White Sox. Josh, I know we've talked to you about this in the past. I know I know you've answered uh, you know versions of this question a lot in the past. But now that you're really established in this league and you have been for a couple years, what is that dynamic like for you to be the local guy that has really hit it big with the local team? You're the first guy to really ever do that with the D-backs. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, you know, at first it was it was a bit stressful. You know, with all the family and friends that want to come to the game, but you know it settled down and and now uh, it's been awesome to have you know friends and family be able to come and watch and support that I've always, you know, had to support from a distance, you know, with me being on the road all the time. So, you know, being home, having having everybody out to the game, 
games and, and seeing familiar faces in the crowd and even, you know, catching up with, with guys and, and people that I haven't seen from high school, you know, seeing them out at the game and yelling my name and saying what's up and, and, and seeing them for the first time in, you know, five, six years. So it's it's been awesome. That's cool. Well, that is just a little, that that's so odd right there. Yeah. You know, hey, how you doing? Yeah, okay, great. Anyways, um, what are you focused on this year? What are you coming into spring training thinking, man, this is, this is where I really want to get better? It's been defense for sure. Um, I feel like I had a really, I had a pretty down year last year defensively and um, you know, offensively, there's there's been small things I wanted to fix, but you know, defensively is is so big because you know you have pitchers out there trying to make you know get big league hitters out, and uh, when you're out there and, you, and you're not making the plays that you think you should make to help them out, uh, it's 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 really frustrating just because it's it's different. You know, offensively you strike out or you know you roll over on something. It's kind of you know it looks bad on you and that's it. But defensively, you know you're not helping your guy out. It, it really affects somebody else on your team, and and that uh, I take that personally. Man, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, so that's that's been a big thing that I want to lock down this year, and I want I, you know I want pitchers to be out there and feel comfortable that you know we're going to make plays out there behind them. We're talking to Josh Rojas. Uh, Josh, we had Mike Hazen on at one point last year. He said you know part of part of building a team, especially a young team like this, is is identifying the right vets to bring in and knowing when to bring them in and where to put them. And we were talking during the break about. Evan Longoria. I mean, that's one of those guys that has seen it all and done it all in this league, but he's got to be somebody that fits in in this room, too. What I know you've, you've only been out here for a few days, but what's what's it been like having Evan Longoria on this roster? Yeah, it's been awesome. You know, you know, you get to play against him the last couple of years when he was in San Francisco, and um, I mean, you just, he's a big dude and he has that presence about him. He's a big league guy. I think I was in middle school when he was hitting homers in the playoffs for the Rays, so he's been around the game a long time, and you know, it's always scary when when somebody like that comes over to the team because you know, a veteran guy like that, you you know, you got to you try to stay out of his way, and yep. you don't want to. You know, he has every right to to do whatever he wants. You know, he he can. You know, he tells you to do this, you do it. You know, he comes and wants to hit in the cage, and you get out of the way. You know, that's that's what comes with veteran presence. But you know, he came over, and you know, he came over in the off season, and right away he just was one of the guys. You know, introduced himself oh, like so cool, like we didn't know who he was and, you know, says, you know, hey, I'm Evan, and I, I know who you are, you know. <laughs> so, you know, when you have a guy you have a guy that comes and introduces himself like that and, you know, he has this small talk like he's just one of the guys, um, it, I think it means so much more that when he does decide to say something of, uh, of meaning, you know, when he, he does give you a few pointers on defense or talks about his approach on offense, it, it means that much more because because he is one of the guys. So, um, you know, he's been awesome to have around, and, and I think he fits in just nicely with, you know, he has a young mind at heart, which is awesome. So he's he fits right in with with the rest of us. Can you give us one piece of advice that you've learned? Something you've learned from him that he's given you already? Something that he's said to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, just today he was. We were working on ground balls, and he was just talking about, you know, if on ground balls above the waist, keeping your other hand close by at all times, and never letting never letting that that uh, that. 
throwing hand get too far from the glove hand, work on the transfers. It'll make everything quicker. And then he was telling us who he got it from, and he got that from his Drupal Cabrera uh, <laughs> playing with him when he was a young guy, and, and his Drupal was kind of his mentor in, in, um, in Tampa. So, yeah, just, it, it, there's little pointers like that. You just know, it's hard, to, it's hard to, you know, come up with all of them off the top of the head just because they don't – he doesn't present them in a way of like, you know, I'm a veteran guy and, and here's this information and take it. It's kind of just, you know, walking – Ooh, I thought that was going to get through. Uh, it's kind of just like little things walking around. Uh, I beat it out. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not just the only one. I'm yeah. not the it's only guy. when there's a Major League Baseball game exactly. going on. Interesting. Yeah, so he presents it in a way of like, you know, just, just one of the guys presenting it to another one of the guys. Just like if, you know, me and Pavin or me and Corbin were talking about something, he presents it in the same way. So it's 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 nice to have that guy. We're talking to Josh Rojas. Uh, Josh, we've, we've had quite a few of your teammates up here the last uh, day and, and, and today, yesterday and today. I think they've all been pitchers, so we've, we've been asking all of them about the rules changes. But let's let's get a, a hitter's perspective on on you know the pitch clock and you know the bigger bases, no know, shift, the, the different yeah the shift, no shift. Maybe that's that's where we should start with you. But just in general, baseball doesn't tend to make a ton of changes, and all of a sudden this year they're changing everything. It feels like yeah. Um, I think the biggest change is definitely going to be this pitch clock. Um, you know, I played with it in the minor leagues, and I never had a problem with it. And I don't remember the specifics of the rule went back then. <laughs> Uh, but I know this eight seconds of the batter having to be in the box at eight seconds is going to be very tough. You know, it's quick. Um, you know, it's the base. I, I was shocked. Yeah, to the, see how quickly the tempo really went. Oh, I mean, it's quick. Just think of the game yesterday. It was just over two hours. Yeah, two hours and four minutes, and that was with an injury in the night. So um, it's it's quick and. Hopefully, hopefully it gets adjusted over the year. The one part I don't agree with is is the hitters having to be ready at eight seconds and the pitchers getting the full fifteen seconds. Um, I don't know how we came up with that number, but you know, only getting seven seconds to get in the box. I mean, realistic, that's what we're getting. If, if the clock's at fifteen and we got to be in the box looking at the pitcher at eight, I mean, you're getting seven seconds to get in the box and and look at the pitcher. So hopefully we can adjust that number. Um, you know, in the next coming years, just. You know, yes. I, I think, uh, but it does speed up the game. You know, it, it makes it so much faster. And um, I think yesterday I just ran into, I think only one, I had one pitch where, you know, I got out of the box and wanted to feel some things after I swung and fouled off a pitch. And then I'm stepping back into the box and look up and it's at nine seconds already. And I'm like, wow, that was cutting it close. I almost got rang up right there. So um, I think it's going to be an adjustment. But I mean, the rules are the rules and we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to get in the box and, and use our time out wisely. That, it, it's crazy because even just as you're saying that, like I, I don't know if they would be open to adjusting it, but I wonder if they go through this season and they're like, the rule is fine, but just maybe the timing is off. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's the thing is I don't ever remember being this rushed with the, with the timer in the minor leagues. I I played with it, but I don't remember being this rushed. And, and I thought that I wouldn't be rushed, but um, I mean that seven seconds goes by fast, especially on like a foul ball or something where you're, you're trying to you know gather your thoughts or. Um, you get to two strikes, and you're trying to think about what pitches might be coming, and then, you know, that's seven seconds. It, it, it flies by. I know. I know. It, it, I was telling Luke it was kind of like speed dating. Not that I know anything about speed dating whatsoever, but it just seems, I don't know, it seems crazy to me right now. For 150 years, 
we've been playing the game of baseball here, and suddenly this generation has a problem with it. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't. It, it drives me crazy. I don't care. I don't want to harp on that too badly going forward. What kind of year do you expect for yourself? Oh, man, it's tough to, you know, in this game, it's tough to know. Um, you know, I've had years where I have spring training and I feel like, you know, I'm not going to make the team and it's a great year. Um, and then you have times where, you know, I think it was in 21 where I led the Cactus League in hits and then I come out and go over 30. So, um, you know, this game is so hard. You, you try to, you know, lock everything down and work as hard as you can. Um, but, you know, obviously, hopefully I can have a good year and I can contribute to some wins with this team. We have a really good young core. Uh, we have a lot of talent on this team. We got a lot of speed. We got a lot of scrappy guys. We got a couple veterans who uh, who have been around, you know, some winning teams. So hopefully that that equals some wins and it equals some success on my side. But you know, it's it's you know this game is hard and you fail more than you succeed. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. Well, Josh, you're an easy guy to root for, man. We appreciate the time as always. Good luck this year. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. All right, that's Josh Thank Rojas you, Josh. joining us right there. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, Kevin Durant is ready to go, so we'll set some expectations next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we are back here. It is 1.30 on a Tuesday. I already got the D-backs up one nothing. I didn't see how it happened, but it was funny, Wolf, when we had Josh Rojas on last segment. <laughs> he was doing what you were doing. Every time there was a ball in play, he's like, wait a minute, what's going on? It's pretty there? funny to see him actually get distracted as well because yeah. I was brutalized yesterday. Uh, you're doing better today. You haven't... Uh... Yeah, I know. Uh, I think it's I'm getting used to actually having some shade. Oh, okay. Uh, that's first and foremost. <laughs> it's not uh, lighting me up like it did yesterday. Or maybe you're just distracted by the fact that we now know that Kevin Durant is playing Ooh, for the Phoenix yeah. Suns tomorrow night, 5 o'clock in Charlotte. Suns, Suns Hornets, that's got to be the most uh, anticipated Charlotte game of the season, I have to think, especially since they're already down uh, LaMelo, too. So <laughs> they are um, they are lined up for a, uh, a potentially huge night for the Suns. Look, changes everything. You know, it, it, the Suns changed everything when they made that trade, but it hasn't turned into anything yet because he hasn't played yet. Now that we know he's going to play tomorrow, this is it's a new era of Suns basketball. There's really no other way to put it. That starts tomorrow. Yeah, and you know what? We've talked so much about the expectation for this team going forward, and you're right. Uh, there's no denying it. This is a new era of Suns basketball, and we've had a lot of great eras here. We have all we the have, way back to Chuck. You don't usually know when it's going to be a new era. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, all right, we're closing the chapter on the old one. It's yes. not always a good thing. It's like, hey, we're going into a rebuild. Hey, we're going to brand that as a new era. Right. This is, uh, we won 64 games last year, and then we added one of the best players ever. You get one of the best players ever. You add that to your team, and you better believe it's going to be a new era, especially when you still have Devin Booker on your team, and Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton as well, and Monty Williams, and James Jones. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens going forward and how they play. 
how KD fits in offensively and defensively as well. It's going to be fascinating to watch. It is. I mean, the, the, one of the biggest things or one of the best things about him is he, he can step in and, and adapt quickly, right? And I, I would also, I know we've heard that a lot about KD and we've seen it in the past. I mean, he stepped in with, uh, with Golden State and, and didn't disrupt anything. He just made them better. I also think this group of Suns players, specifically Booker and, and Chris Paul, and even DA, are, uh, are, are pretty good at adapting as well. You know what I mean? This is not some, like, it's not some rigid setup where he's going to come in here and it's going to be like trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole and you'll do it because he's so good. It feels, it feels like, we're going to have to see it now, but it feels like it shouldn't really take very many games for them to look like they're on the same page. Yeah, you know what, we were talking a little bit earlier in the broadcast as well about, um, to Jay Will, as a matter of fact, we were talking to him about Chris Paul and Kevin Durant and the knocking of the head, so to speak. When will be the first time that actually happens? And I kind of laugh at that because it's going to happen, yes. And a lot of people will think it's, it's a serious matter when it's something that has to happen. It does. I look at that again. You're going to come in and you're going to have your ideas as to how Suns basketball should be played. And KD's going to come in and he's going to have his ideas as to how it's going to be played. Now, Monty Williams, of course, is going to be the guy that is going to have to figure it out. But Chris Paul is going to be the guy on the tactical level that has got to figure that out. And they're going to bump hats. That's the one thing that is guaranteed. They're going to at some point. And to Jay Will's point, what does that look like? <laughs> what does it look like and what's it going to be over? What will they butt heads about? Where you will see him and CP3 butt heads. And if they butt heads, how they come out of that will determine on whether they win a championship or not because those are your two strongest personalities. And when it comes down to it, CP3 is going to have to make a decision on what is what is the right decision or what is the decision. You know what I mean? And a lot of times in basketball, the right decision isn't always the decision. <laughs> There it is, that right got there. Very uh, philosophical there for a second. No, but, but uh, I love that though. And you know what? It just makes me think. It's a locker room, and it's got to happen. It does. It it releases a lot of tension when you have at it. Sometimes it's something that is a natural, very natural thing to me. Well, you know that uh, the Chris Paul's not going to back away from getting in somebody's face. That's that's Chris Paul. If he feels like he needs to do it, and Chris Paul is the one. Let's let's be clear here. I know people are saying, "Oh, there's so much pressure on Kevin Durant to win a championship." Yeah, there is. I'm sure there's always pressure, right? When you're that good, the pressure's on Chris Paul. He's the one that doesn't have a ring. And you're going to go down to NBA history as one of the greatest players ever to not win a championship. It's a great point. It really is. So I don't think he's going to. Like if that scenario that, that Jay Williams presented, uh, if that if that happens, I'm guessing it's probably Chris Paul getting in somebody's <laughs> face. Maybe it's Chris Paul getting in Da's face and Kevin Durant being like, "Hey, okay, calm down," and then he gets in his face. I don't know, right? But uh, I, I, that's something the more I never even back thought one. of. You're so right. Maybe it's not about scheme. 
at all. Maybe it's about personalities that are inside. Maybe it's about how you're actually going up and treating one of your teammates. Maybe that's where Katie might actually take exception to Chris. But I have no idea, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. And to me, it brings back so many memories because the the locker room is a living, breathing organism, Basinonians. It is on its own right. It is alive and growing, and it changes on a daily basis. And yet you're trying to mold it. It's malleable, and you're trying to nurse it and form it and shape it into something that is going to support whatever you're doing on the court, on the field, on on the diamond, on the ice. It's just it's so cool, and it brings back a lot of memories. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to think of this. I mean, I know the the anticipation has been building now <laughs> since June, right? I mean, there was there was that level of okay, are they going to be able to make this trade? Is this a real thing? Are we just crazy even talking about this? There was a lot of that back and forth yeah. in the summer of like, why are you guys talking about a guy that isn't even on this team? And you just kind of hear stuff that it was um, it, not that it was a guarantee that it was going to happen, but that KD wanted to be here and obviously they wanted him. And now you get to a couple weeks ago and you make the trade, but now you're still kind of in this mode where it's like, when's he going to play? When's he? <laughs> now he's playing tomorrow. You got 20 games left at that point, and the expectations. I, I know, I know, sports fans in the valley have kind of have been burned in the past, right? So you're hesitant to be like, oh, we're going to be the favorites. Oh, we're going to we're going to win the Western Conference. We're going to do this. This is different than anybody else you've ever added. You should win the Western Conference. I'm not, I'm not saying you're going <laughs> know, to, but right. like that that should be the bar that it's you clear. Such you a weird feeling in the finals. It's just such a weird feeling right now to be the front runner. It's just a weird, weird feeling. Give me the baton. Let's have the parade. I'll lead the parade. Um, don't. There's no reason to play that. You can go around this concourse right now. People would start to fall. I mean, honestly, give me the baton. I love a parade. When I hear a band, it's the truth, though. That's where your expectation level is, and that makes me extremely uncomfortable. Don't skip steps. Don't skip steps. We can skip steps. They can't skip steps. Yes. That's that's the. Yeah, it's hard to say quickly, is it? Yeah, skip skip steps. Don't skip steps. Hey, yeah. Don't skip steps. That's probably why he texted it to Monty instead it's, of calling. It's kind of like a lot of. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, Don't it's, skip stuff. That's a lot of that. Yes. Uh, here, this is uh, KD with Dwayne Rankin just on the fact that he gets to play again. I feel great. I'm mean, uh, looking forward to uh, getting this opportunity to play again. It's been a long time. I was having fun out there before I got injured, so look forward to going out there and picking up where I left off. And, well, I know I ain't going to be that smooth. I know I'm, it's going to take me some time to get used to everything I really want, but as far as just having fun and just getting lost in the game, we look forward to doing that again. That might be my favorite quote from Kevin Durant right there because he said, just get lost in the game. Can you imagine how much stuff Kevin Durant has been dealing with, um, not only physically with his injury, of course, but mentally as well, and now suddenly being picked up from his old paradigm and then placed in a brand new paradigm where there are different variables, different circumstances, different situations surrounding him, a different environment. Um... His safe spot is actually on the floor. Tomorrow night, when he gets out onto the floor, 
that's going to be a safe place. I, I'm trying to think who it was that came on our show a couple weeks ago. It might have been Jay Williams who said, you know, people want to put him, you know, he's a, he's a Golden State Warrior. That should have been his home. Or Oklahoma City he should have stayed there. Or Brooklyn. And he said basketball, playing basketball. The basketball yes, court is his home. That's I think right. Jay Williams said yeah, I think it. you're right. That was the first thing I thought the first time I heard that cut from, uh, from KD. What are you saying? Are you saying I ripped Jay Will off right there with my well, take? Well, I mean, it was implied. I, wasn't, I didn't even realize that was it. No, no. Okay. When, when KD no. said that to Dwayne Rankin, that was my first thought of like, yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. And, and you're on to something right there because he probably just wants to play basketball and be done with all this. You're right over there. This tent we're in might blow just over. Just cracking me up, man. Uh, all right, we come back. Final segment of the show. We were going to play some of this KD audio from his podcast earlier, and then it got interrupted because the Suns announced he was coming back and going to play tomorrow night. So let's, let's play some of the KD audio uh, from his own podcast that dropped earlier today. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show here on this Tuesday afternoon. Wolf, I don't know what just happened on the field. I know there's all these new uh, rule changes in baseball. Yeah. I don't know of one where you're allowed to have two base runners on each base, and that's what I just saw out there when I looked up. It was very weird. There are four dudes on three bases. <laughs> that's, that's, not the way, that's not the way it's supposed to work. It was like a, a shift, but not the fielders. It was the runners who did a shift. Yeah. And then they immediately fired up that clock and told everybody to get going again. Man, I'm hungry. Right now, too. You know, I can smell it. Well, now you smell everybody it? Oh. around us has eaten except you. Yeah, they and got I. some good stuff going right here out of the ballpark. Food. Salt River Fields. What a great day. We're up here in the like the, the bougie section, too, where everybody's eating like fancy food. <laughs> I, at this point, I would just go eat a hot dog off the floor out there. <laughs> I love the smell of Pine Tower in the afternoon. Well, let's. Um, we were going to get to this earlier in the show, and then, like I said, we kind of got interrupted on our Kevin Durant topic by Kevin Durant. Durant's of course, KD. The, the news came out earlier in the show that he is officially going to play tomorrow. That's the plan, according to the Phoenix Suns. But uh, Kevin Durant also this morning dropped a podcast on the Boardroom Podcast Network, which is his podcast network. He was on with uh, Eddie Gonzalez, and he talked about um, he talked about a few things. I'll play this one here. Where he talked about uh, sitting down and talking about how this move could ultimately work for both sides. Yeah, just yeah, figuring out a plan for the team, trying to figure out a plan for the team first, seeing where the team was going to go. You know, I had three more years on my contract. I'm getting older, too, so I'm, I wanted to figure out what what it, what it looked like um, going forward. Um, and we all sat down and talked about it, and we looked at both sides and said, you know, this will work for both sides, and made it happen. I wonder why he mentioned the fact that he was getting older right there. I wonder why he said that right now. I'm getting older, and, you know, we're talking about where we should go. And I wonder if he looked at Phoenix and said, you know what, that winner there in Phoenix is not too bad. That's not so bad. Well, then he should not right come there. up to this booth um, right now because it's freezing. <laughs> it is not freezing. It's the wind. You're in the, you're in the shade the whole time, You missed Luke. it before that the wall over here blew over onto me while we were doing a segment. And you were just like, blah, 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 blah. You and 
even care. <laughs> you were just totally unfazed. That's a rule. Listen, I come from a, a world of damage, okay? You take damage. That's what happened. Hey, did I waver? I kept going. No, you did. You, you did. You, you wavered a little bit, I'm no, going to say. Nobody, but nobody you listening can tell that right happened. What's your point, Luke? What my, are you talking my about? My point is uh, I want to play this other clip from Kevin Durant. So I figured I would distract you off your point so I could play this one. Talking about the adjustment period and uh, building relationships. But it's gone. Do you hear anything? I don't hear anything. That's what people don't see, the stuff behind the scenes, the little interactions you have with everybody every day. You know, that stuff builds up over time. and That's the stuff that really don't get talked about, you know. So it's a lot of people that uh, I've seen on my way to work every day. You know, right. you know how that is. You build, you build up a family just from seeing somebody every day. It's, we might not have long conversations, but we say what's up on our journey. And, and you know, you, you feel like you're you walking in with them. So I had a lot of those type of people in Brooklyn, you know what I mean? And I... Everywhere I play, every day means something to me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm not going through the motions while I'm out there. It's just, you know, so I'm I'm in the moment. I'm building relationships. I'm, you know, people saying my personality every day. And, like, you're just feeling comfortable and settling in in the place. And uh, then you move, you know. So, yeah, it's an adjustment period. But, you know, I feel like I can do what I do anywhere. I feel like, you know, I can operate in any environment and still be myself. So I'm looking forward to doing that here. Man, I love that right there. I just so thought it filled off the last cut that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so human. It truly is. It's something that I, I don't think enough of us really think about on a daily basis. Our, our little exchanges, our little interactions with people that are in our life, be it going to work, on your way to work, on your way back from work, at work, whatever it may be. Um, it's interesting, those little exchanges. And you know what? That can be a good thing can it not base it on ease? and also over time that can build up and be a bad thing sometimes right um let's focus on the positive and put it into the positive category <laughs> let's let's keep it there but kd knows both ends of that doesn't he he knows the good part of that the positive part of that and the negative part of that as well going back to what you were saying before we played that cut too of wondering why KD referenced that he's getting older in this league. We had Jay Williams on earlier. We were talking about uh, that that moment that, um, for me, the the career-defining moment for LeBron James is not him winning his first title or him winning his second title in Miami. To me, the career-defining moment for LeBron James, and we're talking about one of the two best players of all time, is him winning that title in Cleveland with the Cavs. What was that? It was his third ring, right? Um, If Kevin Durant, and it's not just because we're in Phoenix. If Kevin Durant wins a title with the Suns, to me that's that is more I don't want to say impressive, but impressive. <laughs> it's more impressive if he comes in here. Super impressive. It's more memorable if he comes in here and wins and helps the Suns win their first title ever than he goes to Golden State and wins their second and third titles or whatever it was. I don't even remember yeah. which titles it was for Golden State because they had so many at that point. Yeah, you know, I, I really loved it. We had uh, Jay Will on earlier in the broadcast, Basin and he was talking about Kevin Durant and whether or not Kevin Durant has got to win another 
another ring for him to be talked about as one of the finest players ever to play? Can he be mentioned in the same breath as some of these other greats, of course? You know, it just, to me, I I really hope KD is not focused on something like that. Yeah, at this certain point, I can't give a damn what Charles Barkley or anybody else has to say <laughs> to validate my greatness. Because uh, I can you. only do what, what I've been doing, man. I, I, I And at the end of the day, it gets back up what my accolades are. And if you don't think my talent proves that I'm one of the greatest players ever played a game of basketball, yes. then so be it. Good luck with the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, yeah, I love that right Such there, Jay Will. I answer. love what he's saying, though. Uh, once again, you know what? You're focusing on the wrong thing when you're focusing on, man, can you mention my name in terms of having a conversation with the greatest basketball players ever? Do I belong there? Who cares? I mean, if you're Kevin Durant for the most part, honestly, go do your job. That's what you've always done. Just be the best basketball player you can be going forward. And let, let everyone else decide that stuff. It's the guys that try to manipulate it and manage it and want to be involved. You know, you're focused on the wrong thing, aren't you? Just do your job. See, I, I don't think he's focused on that stuff. That's never been my impression of Kevin Durant. I but agree with that. He does get into it with people on Twitter, which is, I've always wondered why he allows people, well, especially like the trolls on Twitter, to just just throw stuff at him and, and see if he'll respond. And sometimes he does, and that's obviously what they want, right? Because then all of a sudden, a million people are seeing their tweet. But I, I don't think he plays basketball just based on years of hearing interviews with him and, and, and stuff like that right there, that cut right there um, that we played earlier the segment that I, I don't think that's why he does it. I think he just loves to play basketball. And we're going to see. We're going to see now firsthand over the next next few months, but really the next three years and few months. Yeah, you know, the other thing, too, we've been playing a lot of cuts from Kevin Durant. Um, we've been talking uh, a lot about him as a person. And for me, the, the one thing, the humility of Kevin Durant really has been evident on this show here today. We've played a lot of cuts from his podcast. What is it, Luke? What is it? You're the driver. What is the podcast? The ETCS <laughs> podcast from the Boardroom Podcast Network. From the Boardroom Podcast. Could we get a longer intro for it's a podcast? It's his podcast, podcast network. My goodness, Katie. Why don't you have a podcast that network? Hey, listen, you know what? I got a podcast. Uh, the Three Wolves. Go ahead and Google it. Yeah, do you even know how to find it? Uh, no, I don't, as a matter of fact. Um, well, of course, you could go to Spotify. <laughs> yes. Or you can go to ArizonaSports.com oh, and see yeah. all of the episodes there, Wolf. <laughs> Isn't that that's, right, Pony Boy? That's exactly right right there. Yes, Mal. You could actually go to ArizonaSports.com and you can see all the all the episodes out there. But what was my point? I, I was know. talking about Kevin Durant yeah. and um, the humility of Kevin Durant. It's just... Um, it's good to hear it. Now, listen, I know that some players act different in the locker room than they do in front of a camera. As a matter of fact, most players act different inside a locker room more than they do in front of a camera. But I, I think the humility I'm starting to hear from Kevin Durant uh, is encouraging to me because I thought maybe he would have lost a little bit of that in Brooklyn. That's not the case. Well, he's going to play tomorrow. That's the, the main takeaway. Thanks to everybody involved with the show. Aaron Maloney keeping us on the air and producing as she always does. Uh, what we got Jesse, Mal. Byron, Jamal, Samantha, Paul, everybody out here. It's like a party out here. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gamble coming up next right here on Arizona Sports.
Sports, the local sports leader. Decent strength.